0: Well hello and welcome back to Football Bloody Hell. I'm here with my good friend and confidant and agony aunt and good old chum, (laughs) Matt. (laughs) How's it going mate, you alright? Yeah, decent
1: mate, decent. We're um, here at
0: episode, it's episode 11 mate.
1: 11, yeah. So, 11. you probably wondered why we've sort of had a little break for about a week, maybe two. We bought out double episodes like a couple of Fridays ago, just before the league season started. And I think that was just under two weeks ago now, isn't it? So, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So we did a, a double episode a po- and then Gary's been on holiday. That's that's the reason. Uh, apologies. Yeah.
0: I took a holiday to get away from uh, all this podcasting stress. Oh yeah, that was
1: it. Uh, it was the podcasting just just too because. much.
0: Just too much. Um, I needed like a, a week. I, I took a uh, Gary Neville's advice and took one of those mini retirements he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> you know that he does throughout the year that everybody yeah, else yeah. just calls a holiday. I, I took a mini retirement for the week, and <laughs> uh, I'm back. <laughs> I'm, I'm back from retirement. What's well, good but, to yeah, know. How are you, mate? Are you good? Yeah, decent. All decent. <laughs> like
1: been doing a lot it's august and it so hopefully hopefully i was hoping the weather picks up we got holiday this week as well so that'll be fun oh
0: god i'm not doing another two-parter let's not do another two-parter
1: i don't know where we're going yet and it'll only be for a couple of days mate so we're not doing another two-parter so
0: (laughs) i think uh i uh it's nice to to actually be back though. To be fair, I'm back to work and all that nonsense, and just back to normality. Because I think when you put your holiday in, you get you think about it all year because you pay for it, and then you get around about like maybe a month out, and you're like, oh, we're going away next month, and then that's, you just get consumed by thinking about you going there. Really excited, then, really excited, and then you get
1: post-holiday blues for about two days, ugh, big and time. Then, and then like you're like, oh yeah actually back in the swing of things is quite nice and you
0: feel a bit more refreshed don't you so yeah well that's where I'm at now I'm back in the swing of things and yeah so I look forward to you catching up on from the holiday blues and then we can talk about your holiday when you get back but uh, did you watch the just get us straight back into the thing no messing around yeah straight back in diving in Uh, yeah World Cup final did you watch it I did
1: yeah I did watch it and I thought England didn't play to their potential. Mm. They let Spain control the game. Like I think we knew at the start that Spain were going to be quite have quite a lot of possession. They were going to control the game from a possession point of view. But we, I thought England could damage them in counterattacking, like pace and finishing mm. ability and things like that. And I thought England just ha- didn't have a great game in terms of turnover of possession. So. When they did get the ball, England, they didn't hold it for long enough, especially in the first half. Like Alessio mm. Russo was doing a lot up, at, up front on her own and not getting a lot of the ball. So when the when the England team were trying to get a breather or gain possession back, they would play it long, which probably wasn't the best idea. To Russo, she would lose it, and then Spain would just control and build again. And it just seemed to be a never-ending cycle of that where England just couldn't get out of their own half. But <laughs> it's it- like... But yeah, it was. um, I think they gave it away too easily. It was better in the second half, but it was just a shame that they just couldn't find that in the final third. I think they were a bit sloppy at times. Yeah, they, they rushed it. They sort of got got there fine in the second half, and then sort of rushed it and sort of panicked a little bit. And maybe it was the occasion. I don't know. But yeah, Spain controlled a lot of the ball, so I imagine also England might have been quite tired. Like you're chasing the ball a lot but yeah I don't know what your thoughts
0: were but it was a shame N- Nah, it's a sh- like I agree really it's a shame like I watched to the, like, the 83rd or 85th minute just because I had some stuff I had to do but I saw the penalty save which I thought was I was hoping that was going to be like the catalyst moment to like because yeah. we needed like a spark and if 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 there's ever a thing gonna like kickstart your game is like you keep a pulling you out the shit again in a World Cup final, saving a penalty, you think, "Fuck!" Like this is how Like we've got yeah. to take advantage, and we just, we just didn't. I think the things I thought, like first half, they could have been two, three nil up, easy, and we yeah. just, Russo looked like she that like she looked bad, Leggy. but it wasn't like i This should, but that it's not her fault because she was like having the chase, like lost causes, and that, and that's like, she hard at the best ball, of times. So
1: when we played it up to her. She was she was not it it. She Was losing it too mm. quickly.
0: She wasn't like sort of giving us an outlet. Th- I don't think. I think the th- the, the and yeah in the second half we were better, but like it was it, it would have been harsh on Spain for us to pull something out of it out of it there. Like they should have oh, really yeah, scored yeah. that penalty. But that was the other thing. Like I thought the penalty took that was ridiculous because it took about what five ten minutes to them finally to make a decision, which I've been quite. Um, full of praise for VAR throughout yep. the World Cup, for the, for the Women's World Cup. But it just seemed like that, because that to me says that that's not a clear and obvious error because it took them five to ten minutes yeah, when I they've already watched it, then told the ref it was a penalty. Like, don't get us wrong, it was 100% a penalty. She, she tried to block her with her arm and as she went out, she just touched the ball. So why on earth it took so long for them to make a decision is beyond me. But that makes me think that, the, wasn't enough for them to overturn her original decision. Which then, what's the point in VAR? Because yeah, they should have so only intervened in that. But instance, that d- it didn't. Uh, it didn't hold any bearing on the result, which no, is the no, main no. thing.
1: The penalty was at the end of the day, it was saved, so it didn't actually make any difference. If that was the winning goal, mm. then it could have been a bit contentious. But it didn't make any difference. But I, I agree with what you said that save could have been a catalyst. But I do think that England sort of got a bit. Frantic and let the game get away from them after that penalty save. So like, yeah, they tried to use it to push them on, but like I think also Spain know you could tell that Spain team know how to kill a game off.
0: I like with a but lot just of
1: the- like time wasting, rolling on the floor, injuries, substitutions, kicking the ball away and not getting booked for it. But you know, like maybe it's that because was another thing as well a- trophy at <laughs> <getting> the <a laughs> tournament maybe I mean, I it might know. have had some bearing I don't know but it might have been that. Might have been the bearing on it
0: but yeah it's, it's probably it's, like, yeah it probably is that but it's it's a, it's a shame because like, it would have been amazing to say that European champions and world champions but I think maybe that's the occasion has got the better and the thing I kind of think is is like the, I, the finals um, obviously Spain yeah yeah, like I think, on a, well, they did it previously, didn't they? They did it in the Euros. They came from behind against Spain to beat them. So I just think, as a, if I was going to put one really kind of question mark over it, I just think with all of the kind of attention the game's got and put like being behind the Lionesses and stuff, I just, I just hope that the viewership because there was definitely people who've tuned in to see them play in the final. Don't see that game and just go. Ah, oh, women's football, shit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I Cause cause the were poor, the
1: were poor. The but, standards the st- of women's football has gone on miles. Like it's it's so much better than it used to be, and it's it's act like with fully professional teams and everything like this. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. But I thought that that final was a bit. It was a non-event. It wasn't that great. Like it wasn't a good advert. I don't think, especially with all the play acting and stuff that happened towards the end of the game. But then, like, I don't think it was a good advert. There were much better games in the World Cup than that final. Yeah,
0: like I do think it's for from an Eng- from an English perspective. I an English just, perspective, but, yeah. I just th- I think it's an opportunity missed. I don't think it's like major. I just think it's an opportunity missed mm-hmm. to kind of put a mark down and go yeah. But then, that's not to say because like if you think about when, um, what you call them won the Champions League. Uh, Liverpool and Tottenham when it was one 0 and it was a penalty after three minutes, that's one of the worst games I've ever seen. Yeah. So but then they've got the benefit of having been in the eye of everybody for like God think, knows how long.
1: I think the World Cup though has do, done wonders for women's football, especially like if you look at like the w, WSL, was gonna yeah, I think it has kicked off. I think the first weekend hmm. was this weekend, wasn't it? Or the weekend before I think so. And like I'm um, not sure. I think the attendances have gone up. Which is good. A lot more of the women's teams now are playing at the men's teams stadiums because stadiums. they need to to have more capacity for filling like tickets and ticket sales and things like this. Which is again mm-hmm. is gonna improve everything in this country. But I, I do yeah. think it's it was good, but I do think one of the best teams I think England were yeah, like you said, it was a it was an opportunity dropped because you think if England faced Japan in the final that would have been a very difficult mm. much more difficult game like there's teams yeah. like Japan that have gone that went out early like they went out to Sweden like with a you know like they. i i heard someone say with Japan they're clearly one of the best teams in the tournament they beat spain 4-0 in the group stage like it yeah. they, they're clearly the best team in the tournament if they are going to go out it's going to be one of those innocuous goals that comes off someone's ass <laughs> like <laughs> Yep. And they just can't get it back, but it mm-hmm. seems to be that way. But yeah, it was. I think the whole thing was quite, quite good. It was a good. Yeah, I enjoyed
0: it. Like from what I watched, it was good. Obviously, it kept more. It was more just because of England being in it and getting through the stages. But yeah, commiserations and congratulations to Spain, go I suppose. Again. Go again, you go again. I know. Um,
1: England but, uh... got the right team, the right manager, the right setup. To be able to take this and then go on and win things from here, they yeah, Well the they have proved win. it
0: already. They've yeah, proved exactly. it already that they can. So, and we were so, missing some key players. Like it's not like we went in with a full clean bill of health and that. And, yeah, or, I think so, but less.
1: But then, like you, you see the England women's team, and you think they're they may miss a few key players, but their their squad is so strong anyway. Like, they've got a good yeah. player in every position. Even the ones that are coming in are decent. Like, it's not like if the men's team lost particular players in certain positions, I feel like would we'll be significantly weakened.
0: Yeah. I think um, I think the only thing I've taken away f- from it that I wasn't really aware of, I knew of her just because of her brother, which is probably a, yeah. the problem with the women's game. It's just... How good Lauren James is! Like yeah. she had the one and only chance, and she kind of carved that herself. I think the goal we conceded—like you could see it a mile off—as soon as Lucy Bronze kind of tucked in and had nowhere to go. That's what I, I think. That's what I found from England. Like when it was the, the like I like when 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 Lucy when she come inside, I should come inside, and even though you could see it was like they'd closed the alley, there was no avenue out. Rather than like turn back, she just played it into the area. Known that she was yeah. going to lose the ball, and then we just didn't react. But anyway,
1: yeah, I think that I could change happened as
0: well because before they scored, I think there
1: was about three or four occasions where England's wing backs got caught upfield, and then it opened mm. up a big space for them because they were playing a different formation. They were playing a four-three-three. Three. We were playing a five-five-three.
0: Was it a three? I thought it
1: was three-five-three-five-two. Five, three, yeah, aye. Uh, uh, England were playing a 3-5-2 and they were playing a 4-3-3. So, like, their inside forwards, I suppose, yeah, were out wide and they were vacating that. They were in that spot where the wing-back would be. So, if they were caught, and they, because they were controlling the ball, if an England player got caught upfield, like on a counter-attack, like a wing-back, then that inside forward for Spain just was on their own, like in the on that wing. And that's where they were getting mm. a lot of joy. They put on a lot of crosses in that first like twenty minutes or so before like they scored. And then it was inevitable, like as soon as someone gets caught out in the middle, and then you're way mm. out of position. I think Alessia Russo was trying to track back
0: and she's centre forward. Yeah. Like yeah. Leaving, like yeah. Fair play, but like it's just too late. But yeah, I enjoyed the World Cup, I think it's been a good advert overall and hopefully it just keeps on. But there's some um <laughs> excuse me. The other thing I wanted to talk about is just so before we dive into our predictions in the second half of the episode and how wrong <laughs> we've been about a lot they of them. They are so
1: far, anyway. Like they, they, might come, they might change. There's only a couple of games in.
0: Oh, I know that. I'm not overreacting. I still stand by a lot of the things I've said. However, there's some uh, things I want to throw at you that you might have seen over the weekend and that oh, are yeah. breaking news at the moment as well. So, can I, would you like us to start with the breaking news? Yeah, go for it. Uh, ben Foster has announced his retirement from professional football after 12 appearances for League Two side Wrexham.
1: Oh, he's done, has he?
0: Did he play on yeah, Saturday? He did. What, on the five-all draw with Swindon? <laughs> he did, yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe he's <laughs> he's in his statement, he said, the honest truth, and this is fair play at him, he said, the honest truth is, is that my performance this season haven't reached the level I demand for myself and I feel that like now is the right time for me to retire. At the forefront of my mind when making this decision was not only what was best for me, but also for the club and making the decision now gives the club every opportunity to assess their options before the window closes. Wrexham will always have a, a special place in my heart. And what I did see over the weekend, because they've conceded, they have shipped a few goals since the start of the season. I think well, he's well, probably yeah. underestimated." I think he's underestimated the League 2 standard. And I don't know if he's probably had a good pre-season or what with Wrexham, because I know it was very much a short-term deal that he signed. He's probably been arms twisted, given the romance of how they went up and stuff, um, by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. But then I did see after the game and over the weekend, not abuse... But like lots of like criticism and videos doing getting retweeted on Twitter about like just his analysis of the game, just saying like he was rubbish and he's been rubbish all season. So he's probably just I don't know. He's done the right thing, I, think I imagine. He, but... I, think at,
1: I think at this point it's more like he had the enthusiasm and there was a lot of hype and everything behind Wrexham last year because he joined at a time where they were winning the league. They were pushing. Their, everyone was upbeat mm-hmm. and. They've had that sort of break from it. And maybe he's not getting feels not he's not getting himself to that level anymore. And he's mm. he can't motivate himself enough to actually do it. And this is the reason he retired in the first place, isn't it? So like uh, maybe it got to that point where he's like, Look, no, it's just you another know you know, you know season. I'm happy with like a handful of games, but a whole season he's probably thinking that ah, it's yeah. for me.
0: Do you know what's mad? He turned down Newcastle. Yeah. Stayed he did, retired oh, well. and then Wrexham. So he's obviously new. He's not like fit for purpose at the Premier League. And that's fair enough. But the fact that he's now like going, Do you know what, I'm not even at League Two. That's like a drop off. Yeah. But I, think it's, I suppose okay, age he does play a factor.
1: Yeah. The thing is, though, is like he obviously tried to keep himself fit when he did retire. But Recycling then cycling uh, and stuff. Yeah, with his cycling. But then it's it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Going from doing a bit of cycling and weights and training a little bit mm. to go into a full-time professional again. Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big jump, isn't it? And, like, in just that short space of time, like five, six months, he could easily have lost a lot of fitness and lost a lot of concentration mm. and not feeling it anymore. And it's, it's the motivation, isn't it? It's the, whether he feels like he's happy playing at that level. That's the thing. He may I... think that he's not enjoying it because it's too much for him. So that's fair enough, but... isn't it? He's already retired one. So, yeah. <laughs> you do it again. I don't well, like
0: well, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, well, speaking of ailments and age and stuff getting the better of things and impact Me? and performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, you. Um, so, there was over the weekend, Portsmouth played Cheltenham, uh, Fratton Park. So. Yeah. The assistant referee picked up an injury in the 37th minute. The fourth official took over uh, before there was another injury to an official on the 57th minute, which then prompted a message to go out over the PA system to ask if there was a qualified official in attendance. Someone appeared from the stands to step in, took over the game, and there was 21 minutes added on uh, because of the restarting uh, after the additional 90 the game finished nil nil. <laughs> Absolute madness! I don't think I've ever heard of like somebody having to be pulled from the stands to officiate a game. That's incredible, isn't
1: it? That is that is incredible. Thing is that that, that one. guy who's come in—that's obviously a qualified local referee, I presume. Then mm. he's now got a league one assistant referee <laughs> like notch on his belt, like. If he did but, a good job, like hire him.
0: Like, so, so, uh, it's like I wonder if he gets paid. Him. You should do. Yeah. I Wonder if they'll pay him for it. Yeah, twenty minutes but, uh, or so. But yeah, that was that was uh, another funny thing. And then the other thing is, I don't know if you've kept up to date with South Shields. Um, not no. massively. No. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to, but um.
1: Local team, oh, aren't
0: they? It, it, yeah, they are quite, yeah. They probably, well, they would be the yeah. next team, if yeah. geographically, really. Sun and South Shields, and then Newcastle North, and then yeah, that's it. But um, over the weekend, South Shields were playing uh, in the National League law, Um and Tom Broadbent, um, picks up the ball inside his own half, just trots forward, trots forward, trots forward. Nobody engages. He gets to the edge of the D on the centre spot. Yeah, he's sent half by him, and he rifles this ball from from basically the D of the kickoff spot into the top left hand corner. An wow, absolute monster of a goal! But it's just so. It's just. It's goal, because he just creeps forward, creeps forward, nobody goes to it, push pressure him, as soon as somebody pressures him, he spanks it, and it just <laughs> floats into the top left-hand corner, it's, it's class, it? but yeah, I just wondered if you'd seen it doing the rounds on Twitter.
1: No, I haven't seen it yet, but oh, I'll take a look at it, because that I sounds bet. like an absolute. but I'll just blame all the defending when I, that's probably what I'll say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's the negative, like, that's, I don't back know, back, know if that's like... Yeah, like I don't know if that's the analytics of into my my brain because uh the first thing I think is why but why is nobody pressuring him? But who's thinking he's gonna a centre him. off in a national yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> absolutely bad. I'll let him have the
1: ball there, they'll just pass it around. They're not any threat. you think? it, uh, it,
0: it finished a finished one nil as well. So that really? was the winning goal. So if there's ever a goal to win a game, that's it. That's not bad, is it? Not bad at all. And I've got a question for you as yeah. well because I was having a debate with, uh, as always, my brother about stuff and football and that. In terms of statistics, and I know there's loads and there's like XG expect like expected goals yeah. and then uh, second assists and all that kind of stuff. Do you do you ever like let's say for example our our kind of common ground here is Mason Mount right yeah a player who seems to do nothing but is in the game he's like like so like John Terry Frank Lampard, players around him Southgate love him and say how good of a player he is so when you watch him you think what's he done he's done nothing he's done absolutely nothing in the game but all these professionals come out and say oh he does the stuff that you don't see but then the stats maybe back up that opinion to say like recovery runs and this that the other So my question to you is, when presented with statistics versus what you've seen on a pitch, do you value statistics as much?
1: I think you have to in those certain positions. It depends what... Like You think of a defensive midfielder, for instance. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of dirty work, like tackling playing mm-hmm. simple passes, recovery, dictating play, this sort of stuff. And you might not necessarily see that because you're going to see the wingers getting the ball. But then who's yeah. made that pass to them in the first place? It's going to be that defensive midfielder has just tidied everything up, basically, and mm-hmm. controlled the game. So you yeah. have to look at the statistics from that point of view. But where it's an attacking midfielder, maybe, or a winger or a forward or someone like this, and then mm-hmm. genuinely not contributing... So they might be doing recovery runs, but that's not their job. Their job is to score goals or create goals or things like this. Mm-hmm. So if they're not doing fundamentally what their job is, and you can see they're not doing that, and then maybe the stats probably back that up. They might like do a lot mm-hmm. of defending, but what's good is defending so, if your job is an attacking player. <laughs>
0: so the reason the, the reason I ask is because, I mean, that's such an open-ended question. There's no like right good, or yeah. wrong answer to it because like you could say anything. So the, put like, like there's other examples and I'm picking on Man United so I look at like Anthony. This isn't the person who started the debate, I'll come to that, but uh yeah. Anthony, he's on the ball a lot. He seems to get into tricky areas but he doesn't really seem to assist. He doesn't really seem to score. So he can't on the face of it he'll look like oh well he's not done anything but then his percentage passing's like really accurate and uh his interceptions might be good. So on on the face of the game you're because of his position you think, right, when he goals, assists, crosses uh dribbles successful dribbles all that kind of thing but then he might have like an assist in a game for example but then you watching the game you might just think well he's done nothing i know assists not nothing but you know what i mean the reason i ask that is because we've got a player for the Sunderland called dan neal bags of potential He's, he's again. He's he's, he's early twenties. You can see he's a good player, and there is not a question in my mind that he's not a good player. I know he's a good player, yeah. And it, but for me, he he's like solidified as a centre midfielder now for us. Like he he's playing a six, which probably isn't his natural position. I think he would probably be an eight, but he's playing a six, and for me, because of what I've seen, he can do and his potential. I'm expecting them to like take the game by the scruff of its neck and be involved in it where the fact that even if he hasn't got an assist or if he hasn't got a goal or anything like that, I feel his presence on the pitch, like he's done something. He's been like, Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. But I was getting into this debate about statistics and players and stuff. And I was just thinking like, cause his game against Rotherham, he did get an assist, which is why I mentioned that about Anthony, but the, yeah. the, Cold hard facts of the game yesterday uh, on Saturday. Sorry, we beat Rotherham two one, and I thought he was a bit anonymous, and he ha- and he hasn't really had the best of starts to like the 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 season. Sunderland haven't really, in general, we haven't played terribly, but not as bad if as that. Played, we would have got more. <laughs> yeah, we would have got more from the teams that we've played. But after the game, I was saying like if. If we were to get another striker, who would you drop him? We both kind of said like Dan Neil, but then had that kind of thing of like, well, because um, he's not playing a striker, it's just like to change the formation to accommodate yeah. another striker potentially. And who would you drop? And it was in the midfielder We said Dan Neil. And then after the game his stats were, um, he played a hundred minutes because of the extra time. Uh fifty-eight uh, uh fifty-eight uh I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's key passes, but like it can't be. So sixty-four, uh, sorry, fifty-eight pers- passes out of sixty-four were made. So it's ninety-one percent passing accuracy. Two interceptions, five recoveries in the opposition half, six ball losses in his own half, which is what he's renowned that's, doing sometimes. Yeah, that's not very bad. bad. <laughs> but then one assist, and then the question was: from the right, there is unwarranted criticism at times, and I think potentially. But I just I don't know, like when I was looking at the statistics, yeah. I'm like, so, that looks good. But like if if we did read that game one one, does it matter? I think the, so it's like, okay.
1: Yeah. I think the thing there is like, so Dan Neil's a defensive midfielder. So it's that same thing that mm-hmm. I was saying. Like he but you still have to do things like you got that assist, that's fine. He's doing his passes and tackles, that's fine. He's mm-hmm. being anonymous. And I think it's just a case of like yeah, it's it's a difficult one because like, ah, yeah, he's got those. He's got that really good pass percentage, right? But what is he doing mm-hmm. with it? Is he just passing it two yards or backwards?
0: I, like you said, at half.
1: So... Is, is it progressive? Like, if you want to look at statistics, if he is a defensive midfielder, what you should be doing is tackling, winning the ball back, and maybe controlling, dictating play, and then doing progressive mm-hmm. passes to his other two midfielders through the he... lines right and through the lines. If he's not doing that and he's winning the ball back fine and then losing it again and then winning the ball back and then playing it back to the fullback and getting it back yeah. and then playing it to the defender. Yeah, he's controlling play but he's beca- he will be... When you watch him, you, you'll you think he doesn't do anything because like all he does hmm. is play it backwards, lose the ball because you're always going to remember those things that they do wrong. Like, Turnovers but you're always going to remember that more than like him doing a great tackle in the middle of the pitch and then passing it to the fullback. You're not you're not going to be the person say, who
0: passed the ball, the person who passed the ball kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think like it's difficult with those like you have to rely on the statistics in some sense with like a defensive midfielder because they do a lot of the dirty work. But I can see where you're coming from. If you're watching him and he's not making those progressive <laughs> passes or passes through the lines, you look at Declan Rice, like he can take, he's a defensive midfielder and he can take the game by the scruff of the neck where he picks up the ball and he plays progressive passes through the yeah. lines after doing a great tackle. And then you're going to remember that. Whereas if Dan Neil's doing a great tackle but then just pushing it back to the full-back, receiving it back, playing it to the centre-back and then they mm. do the progressive pass, you're going to watch him and go, well, he doesn't look like he's really doing anything. Yeah. like it, You know what I mean? And I, I can it's see like- where that's coming from. So I think it needs to be... I imagine if you watched him and he did more of those forward progressive passes and dictated like a quarterback, essentially, like dictated play, mm-hmm. pushed it to the forwards, and like I know he got an assist, but I don't know what it looked like. You can probably describe yeah. that to me, but yeah, if it wasn't anything like that, then you could probably think he's just stood there not really doing anything the whole game. Like you know, uh, what I mean? think You're losing the ball yeah. six times, I think that's pretty bad in, in
0: your own half. Yeah, like, yeah, he does it all the time. He does it does it all the time. The amount yeah. of goals we conceded last season, because he got caught on in in the D, uh, of like the 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 kickoff spot, where he's like splitting the center halves. The amount of times we've seen that happen, but it's yeah. not to pick on Dan Neil because I do think he's a good player. I think the caveat to him as well is the fact that he's probably playing a role that he's not really he's capable of doing, but like it's not really his natural position because Corey that Evans makes- is the, who should be there, yeah. but he's that injured. But
1: I would I would say if he if he's not natural in that position you are gonna play it safer and if you play it safer mm. you become more anonymous if that mm. makes sense
0: like it's yeah it's like it's it's funny because some players will just get like hyped up and say oh he just keeps the game ticking and then sometimes you'll hear it like he's anonymous so I just I just wondered if you thought statistics can sway your opinion so you might have went to a game and thought he was absolutely anonymous today but then somebody will tweet that am I watching a different game? So I just wondered where your head was at with that.
1: No, I, I, you have to take him both. Like he could be anonymous in that game, but looking at the stats, yeah, he's done a lot of passes and things like this, but you need to put context behind it. And if you're at the game and you're watching it and all his passes are going backwards or sideways or not really mm. progressing anything, then you, you're right to say he's anonymous. Like it, he might do great. He's done hundred percent of his passes, but he's done nothing with it. Technically. Like, I, I could yeah. pass for a hundred times two yards. It doesn't mean like it doesn't mean I'm actually doing anything. Uh-huh. I'm just I could just be stood on the centre spot and collecting it and then passing it back to someone else and let them do all the work and not do like, doing do any running. Like you know what I mean? It's like, like
0: yeah, <laughs> it's like possession based football teams like what we try to be in. Like um, it's like Barcelona and PK having like like ninety five percent pass accuracy. A lot of them were like to Iniesta and Xavi like two yards away from you. So I always take away a pinch of salt, but I just wondered where your thoughts were. But on yeah. that bombshell, mate, why don't we take a quick break, a quick short break, as we like to say, break. on Football yeah. all? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, when we come back, we can talk about how right I am about football based off of where Sheffield Wednesday are in the league currently. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, let <laughs> <a minute. laughs> But I need to warm up before I need to get the gloating out of my uh, system first. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for a break. We're a
1: shite. <laughs> and um, we're back. We're, oh, we're back. Yeah, we did that at the same time. Classic. I know <laughs> I was
0: I child I was watching it to see if I could just loop it in. But yeah, we're back, mate. Yeah, we are back. So so predictions. Let's go yeah, straight hey, quick short break. Our predictions. Let's not overreact. People, let's not overreact. Yeah, because at the end it's of three the day, games was, in, a lot of transfers have happened.
1: I think I'm quite happy with Ipswich being up there. So I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. That one's, I put them as fifth. So being first, that's quite quite nice for
0: me. Well, <laughs> I mean, the the ones that I can't were were called out in the first part, like are teams that are highlighted in each league. I said Gillingham. Wrexham.
1: That's that's one that no one you said Gillingham, good,
0: no. And no. I was like, yeah. I'm happy with that Gillingham, one. Gillingham good. I know he's good. <laughs> but Harris is good, isn't he? But they, I mean yeah. they massively underperformed last season though. We did say that. Yeah, but did. I, Wrexham, I didn't mention that in the thing.
1: Wrexham I think Wrexham Wrexham
0: struggled. I mean they, I mean they've done well obviously like the score on goals, which is was a worry when Mullen got injured, but the fact like they were getting beat four one off Swindon and then pulled it back and then five five in the last two minutes. So it might have been. It shows. More than it that shows fight, doesn't it? They could just
1: like fall apart. But I just
0: point, like most teams. Would. Yeah. Not County had a bit of a rough start, but they've found their feet now. It seems. Um. But again, I'm not getting carried away. It's three games in, I will judge it in December, really. But I think the thing I've been um. I don't. I don't want to say it, like surprised by, but like, I was taken aback by how good Ipswich have been like I, I thought they were going to be up there but like they were really good against us their, their goals were quite fluky to be fair like one man enough like an accidental tap in yeah. and then lot, the, the scores but then Alex Neil came out with like the highest praise and he said that he thinks they're looking at the league champions just by the way they kept the ball and I was like Jesus after two games then obviously the one mm. again, and then you look at the stats on McKenna, and I know we've just come off a break talking about where do we stand with statistics, but the job he's doing and done is incredible. Like,
1: I think so, yeah. Well, I tipped him to be fifth. I think you put him back into the playoffs after a bit, mm. didn't you? So I I think they'll be up there and thereabouts, and they've had a cracking start. Like, You can't, like, absolutely amazing start. I think some of the teams that surprised me that, have started so well. I think Norwich, Norwich, <laughs> have surprised me. Yeah, I had Norwich as what?
0: Mm, I've got them
1: mid table, ninth, ninth or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, you had Preston a lot higher. I didn't, and mm. I think Preston have started pretty well. They're not scoring as well. They've scored four, but I mean, but they're I... not. They've started well, but they've not necessarily. Like they Preston, one of those teams that are a good solid side, and they can completely fly under the radar and surprise a few people.
0: The thing for Preston is the consistent, the consistent yeah. every season. They're always maybe like a six or a seven. They're not eight, nines, tens. They'll have a couple of good games, but then you know you it could go either way with Preston. They don't yeah. score a lot of goals. They've been crying out for a striker, and they've obviously signed Keane from Wigan. And he seems to be just doing the business for them. Like I think he's a good player, he was good at wigging. Um but I don't know, maybe now they've got that like fixed experience in because obviously they lost um not Carroll, um, the guy from Everton. Again, I'll insert uh um, Cannon. Yeah. Cannon, yeah, from Everton. He he was big for them last season, so he hasn't re-signed, so you're thinking it could be a gap for them. But I just I don't know, they're constantly there or, there, there or thereabouts. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they finished in the playoffs or if they finished 10th. It's just they don't score a lot of goals but don't concede a lot either, normally. Yeah, yeah that's true. That is true.
1: I mean, shocks to start the season. I'm not going to say Sheffield Wednesday because I know we'll be down there. I said 17th, so you put last. But yeah. With with dog. <laughs> well, to be honest, I think we were quite unlucky at the weekend. I think it was one nil any... and I think we controlled parts of the game and then we could we just didn't get a goal. Like just, it, it could have been our first point, but we are the team that's lost all three and we haven't got any we're the only team without any points. So yeah, that's why we mm. lost. Middlesbrough. They're the one
0: that's I'm surprised by. I mean odd going on at Burrow Like. I mean, if you look at the form from Carrick and like the total differences in managers so you look at McKenna who just kind of seemed to lose at the minute he just wins everything. Yeah. Carrick has not won a game since be- before the playoffs. Do you think do you think it's like they signed
1: like 11 new players in the summer? Mm-hmm. Do you think it just upset the apple cart a bit? They were playing really well and then signing so to many be. players the sort of like I think and there was signs
0: like, there mm-hmm. there was signs there in the playoffs because they just couldn't they were just just laboured like really yeah. really laboured I've only seen two of the highlights from their games so it could be different obviously the, the commentary game I saw that um, uh, like the the start of the season but then I don't I, they've just lost too many big players like Archer yeah. akpom has gone and they were Akbom's huge they were like top like goal Akbom's scorers really. yeah, yeah. You know? like so that goes to show how good of a player he was um, or is I should say but I mean, I didn't expect Borough to be, like, where they are now. Again, not getting carried away. There's a long, long season currently yeah. there. And think... Borough were actually there at the start of the season. Uh, yeah, start of the so. season.
1: You look at Borough's results. They've lost 1-0 to Millwall, which is fine. Millwall are a decent team. The one all draw with mm. Huddersfield I'll probably be worried about the most because Huddersfield aren't great. Mm. But then they lost 3-0 to Coventry, but Coventry have been flying. So you think... Actually when you look at the context of things it's not actually that bad. If this happened in the middle of the season and they were
0: fifth, you wouldn't you wouldn't really bat knight, mm. would
1: you?
0: You know mm. what I mean? It's early doors. I think yeah. the thing I said for you though, and I stand by it in terms Old. of your Yeah, goals, I just don't see who's scoring your goals and Ashley Fletcher isn't gonna do it, he doesn't do it.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean in terms of we bought in a few more players now which is which is good i guess but mm-hmm. i mean yeah our top
0: goals scorer is lee gregory with one <laughs> but i don't know. like it's not that i think he's a bad player cuz he was good for millwall as well like he's he's a good player like good striker he'll do things but is he going to get you like the 15 goals a season that you need minimum i, don't, I just 34. don't see anybody in your team doing it
1: you, you have to think lee gregory's 34 we got an aging team I think the managers Mm. tried to bring in some young players but they're all like they they, they. do you know that thing when we were talking about our predictions and we say like a club starts losing its identity and they bring in all these foreign mercenaries who like sort of just come here for a pay packet and then we're not sure who they are and they've just come from random places and you can't Mm -hmm. see really an identity going on I feel like that's going on a little bit with some of our sign-ins we've signed players from like yeah Monaco and PSG and things like this but like they're players that didn't play a game for them and they've been in their reserve side and you, you're thinking, like, and who are they? Like <laughs> It's mm. just like they come out of nowhere with signing these players. Whereas what may have been better, sign sign a couple of League 1, League 2 players who are young, hungry and could play at the championship level and try and embed them into an, a squad with some older heads. That would probably make more sense to me. Like mm. You start building a side for the future Using your experienced players, if that makes sense, whereas just yeah. signing random players from all over Europe just to get a quick hit doesn't—it it, it sticks it, with it, that we're going downhill again, sort of thing. You know, does that make sense? Does it?
0: Is it too early to sort of talk relegation battle?
1: I—I've got a seventeenth, so I always thought we were going to be there or thereabouts. I just thought mm. we had might have had something in us to pull us away, but again, it's still early doors, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, ah, we've no, lost me. game. I thought we played pretty well against Southampton, and we were unlucky mm. not to get something out of that because I think we rattled them in that second half. Like we mm. just stopped, stopped them dictating the play, and I know we were playing like Wimbledon, old school Wimbledon, but I mean, it doesn't matter at that end of the point. I think we just got humbled a bit by Hull, and that four-two yeah. loss to Hull is a bit. You think losing that badly to Hull City, it, something's wrong. <laughs> So, mm. and then we played quite well at the weekend, and maybe should have got a point against Preston. But we got Cardiff this weekend. We have to pick up points against Cardiff, yeah, like, because Cardiff are going to be one of those teams down there with us, and they've proven that already. They're going to be down there with us. So, like, I think we have to pick up points against Cardiff. If we don't and we struggle, then then it's a worry, mm. worrying start anyway. I know it's early, but yeah.
0: And then the 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 only other thing I've been surprised by the start was Wigan. Wigan, yeah. Who seemed to be blown teams away. Charlie White scoring goals for fun, and I mean, doesn't reflect in the league position obviously because of the points deductions. But like, they're on positive uh, points already. I know. It's just it's just mad. I just think I didn't I didn't see that coming because I saw players leaving. Um obviously Maloney's just got them firing and I, I don't know, if they keep playing the way they're playing and scoring goals like they are, probably could be taught in playoffs. Yeah,
1: potentially. I mean, we got them, I think we thought that because they've lost a lot of players, there's a lot of... They're a young, much younger team now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The oldest player in midfield is 22. Like, you think, like, they're a young team. You thought they're going to take some time to sort of, like, get used to this level. They've lost a lot of players. But they've just, mm-hmm. like
0: taken to it like ducks to water haven't they really and like <laughs> it's
1: just iron
0: yeah i know well it's yeah just talking the surprises but like early doors we'll see Game where we are and how far <laughs> yeah i was listening to max which uh rushton on talk sport and he's enjoying himself no i bet Cambridge United <laughs> being top of the league,
1: I think. With with our other predictions, I think the other ones you got Bolton up there, Peterborough up there, Oxford are up there. They've done well, three wins out mm-hmm. of four. But I think we said Oxford will be up there or thereabouts because their season last year was like a blip. And then yeah. um, Stevenage being up there is a surprise in my in my eyes. I don't know.
0: Uh, the uh, the fat controller taking the piss. Yeah, Steve Evans. <laughs> got you've, I think. I think w- the thing threat, is, I, uh, I think is, uh, 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 I think across all of the leagues, like in in the EFL, this tends to happen sometimes where somebody will shoot out the blocks, but then you get to the right, midpoint of the season, the you opposite. get the jan- you get the end of December January, and there is just a massive drop off like in performance, and some teams never recover from that. Some teams pick up the momentum, some teams just go the opposite way, and then they just fall and fall and fall which I think, yeah, that's why, like I say, not getting carried away, just having a bit of a laugh with you about like yeah, where we are with the predictions and stuff, but I've been really surprised with some it? teams. It is really yeah. interesting, like, seeing some
1: of these, seeing how teams are starting. Like you said, though, like, I know Colchester are bottom of the league and they look awful at the moment, but they they mm-hmm. could end up being in the playoffs. So you, you don't know at this stage, do you, like it's like three games in mm. three wins in their second so like
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see but um, yeah, uh, uh, but before we uh, dive into the next section because I know we'll be dying to talk about it we'll take a, a quick short break again and uh, when we come back we can talk about how we think our seasons have fared so far
1: and welcome back and when Gary said we were going to look- see how our teams had fared so far this season i think he was talking about our fantasy football league that we've been doing which is quite different to what you would think mm-hmm. a normal fantasy football league is it's none of this premier league or bollocks like that it's none of that
0: the dream, teams, premier some dream team some League
1: players, but we do it in american style don't we where we do a draft um, well, I'm
0: leaving all this to you because I was only inducted this season, so yeah, I'm just so taking a back my, seat
1: while you tell everybody about it. my fifth year of doing this, but what we do is we do a draft where we all get together, or virtually or in person, and we it's like a snake draft. So you'll, you'll pick, each player gets a turn to nominate a player, and then we all bid on it, and then whoever gets it gets that player. So we can't have the same player. So if I wanted Alexis McAllister, I actually managed to get him great yeah i got red card this weekend but oh well um rescinded yeah <laughs> should if be gary, if gary wanted him as well if i bid higher than him i get him he can't have him in his team and that's how it works so you have to sort of build up also it works a bit differently from the premier league ones that it sort of benefits you having formations and like sort of certain players in certain positions tackles can get you a certain number of So it's not points based. It's sort of like statistic based, which is Mm. cool. And it's head to head. So we get to play. We're a 10 team league. We get to play our mates each week and see whether we can, our teams can beat them and try and navigate around that. It makes it a lot more like football manager. It's Mm. than an actual fantasy football thing, but it, yeah, it is class. And I think you're enjoying it so far, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I am. It, it took us a little bit to get my head round like how the points worked, but like when you say like it's statistics then you get points. So it's just like a football game. So when you go head to head against somebody and you score more goals and then you get points, but then if your team wins against the other team, you get your three points as well. So
1: table, Once you get yeah. your
0: head round that, and the draft, the draft's obviously the best bit, but um yeah, so far mate, I'm exactly where I thought I would be middle fodder i'm not trying to i'm just trying to solidify i'm just trying to solidify this season
1: that's all i'm trying to do well yeah the thing the thing is though we've we've done it the first season we had six teams then we had eight no first few seasons we had six teams then we had eight last year i think all the year Mm. before and now we've moved on to 10 so this is our expansion again there was always talk that we could because you can have the ability to do this if we wanted more people to join in. So if you're interested and you want to know a bit more, just let us, hit us up and we'll see if we can get you a mm-hmm. goal. But we have always thought we could make a second division for new <laughs> yeah. and then do promotion relegation between the two teams. But you have to remember, like, when we did the draft, so it's like 150, mm-hmm. we had to pick 15-man squads, so 150 players out of the Premier League were picked. Having more teams means you're you're using players who aren't necessarily like the popular ones. Like one yeah. person, one team has got Haaland out of our leagues. <laughs> That's it. Just one. Uh,
0: we can't all have like, it. But but then again, it's like at the start, the draft's so important because if you you pump all your budget into Haaland, you know you're going to get some points. But then if your the rest of your team's dog shit, then it's yeah, pointless. It, it doesn't
1: mean anything. I think. You you see sometimes like with teams that might have an out and out goal scorer. They've scored like Haaland, the person who had Haaland, I think, last year didn't win the league. Like mm-hmm. they might have got all the goals, but then goals is only one point when you're doing a matchup. Yeah. So you can score all the goals he likes, but if, if your the rest of your team aren't pulling their weight, they're not making passes, they're not doing tackles, they're not doing like aerial dual wins and they're not doing these sort of things. Then you're going to lose every week.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. You
1: could have the top goal scorer, but it doesn't mean anything. You have to be so, a team. Team play.
0: So, my team is called Interminan. Yeah. And um, in goal, I have Jordan Pickford, which was a bad decision this weekend. <laughs> um, my three defenders are the Isle. I can't never say his name, even though I practiced before a- doing. Vardial. Vardial because you don't pronounce the G there. Yeah. Vardial, Konza. and I did have Torres in, but John Stones is like the mainstay. He's going to be the back. Um, my midfield is Jared Bourne. Um, Heuberg, Luis Paqueta, good lad, good lad getting a goal. Uh, I can't say his name. Matt, so the new guy for um Liverpool, the sign from well, so Leipzig.
1: Yeah, yeah, Dominic that's him. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then I've got uh, pains us to say, but I just thought he was going to be good. I hate him. Is Bruno <laughs> I Can't say his name. He's got a Newcastle. Bruno, player. I got a Newcastle player, but he's getting subbed out now because I know I can transfer him out. But um, <laughs> and then up front, I've got ah, uh, you get yeah. Let's go live transfers. Yeah, let's talk after.
1: In, yeah? Come on, um, then. Who've you got? Who've you got? Do you
0: want? Uh...
1: It depends where no, he no plays, though. McQuaidy McWen- from Chelsea. Uh, nah. Do you want? T- I want, you want either. Rose, don't you? Because I. Got I Pascal. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to swap Pascal Gross for Guimaraes, but yeah. Harvey Elliott, Who you do got you Harvey Elliott?
0: He can go for himself. I Nah. Nah. nah, see, I thought you wanted to talk turkey here. And now you're just talking rubbish, really. Well
1: the thing is, though, my front, yeah, I'll explain my team in a minute, but I just named <laughs> you all my bench players to see
0: if you, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. said you're going to bench. So I've him. Got... Nah, even if you well, him get...
1: the pool, I'll just go and pick him up for one of my bench players. I anyway.
0: know, I <laughs> know. Oh, well, I've got Diaby and Watkins up front because them and to so far, I'm probably pleased with that. So, what's your team?
1: So, my team at the moment, I got Emmy Martinez in goal. Um, mm-hmm. my I got back three of Levi Colwell, Axel Disasi, and Ibrahima Kanate. Oh. And then my Has midfield played, midfield four, Pascal mm-hmm. Gross, Vitaly Alexis McAllister, and Mitoma. And then up front I got Good. Luis Diaz,
0: Cody Gakpo and James Madison. <laughs> I wish I went for Diaz. You know, I've, I've, I had his name wrote down. I mean, list. I had him and Gross in my much, team. I didn't have
1: much um, fight for Diaz. I think it's because he was injured a lot last injured. season. No so one really bid on him. I think I I got him like relatively reasonably cheap,
0: which I thought. Mm. And Cody Gakpo as well. No one really wanted him either, so I was surprised. I, did, I, I don't know. A Gakpo good player, but like, I, if you were gonna offer one or the other.
1: Yeah. Diaz, 100%. Well, having both is great. And then on the bench, I've got Paz <laughs> yeah. Harvey Elliott, and Noni Makoedi, who is the Chelsea forward who used
0: to play for PSV. He's well, English, on, but yeah. On my bench, but just to add to that, oh, uh, I did have... Yeah, sub so goalie. Oh, yeah. Keeper Burnley. Eh? So on the bench, I've got Torres, but John Stones, um, Mudrick, and Clyburn from Bournemouth, which are. But Mudrick and Clivert have just transferred out for, I can't remember now. Um, if I go to my was roster, it, it was in the pool, but I can't remember. Transactions pending. I have swapped them for Connie Gallagher is coming in for Clivert and Saar is coming in for Mudrick, which I think nice. are good signings.
1: Yeah, so some of the other transfers, if, if you want to know transfers in our league, like <laughs> these things mm-hmm. can happen. So we can transfer between teams, so if people agree on swapping players, you could do a trade, or you can transfer one of your players out into the pool, and then essentially that player then becomes available to everyone. A lot of players have gone out into the pool recently, like some people have really been on it, so on like August 18th, one of the Teams that usually wins our league picked up James ward for Tyrone Mings immediately as he dropped into the pool <laughs> and he signed for West Ham. <laughs> My- Other players that are dropped into the pool, Kevin De Bruyne because he's long-term injured, Jurian Timber because he's long-term injured. But you never mm-hmm. know, they're in the pool now, but people might forget about them. So when Kevin De Bruyne comes <laughs> back, if you're hot on it, <laughs> you're to you get, get him. back in your team. But yeah, it's it's really interesting way of doing it. I think both but of yeah. our teams might get three points this weekend. We, we both lost so. the first weekend, didn't we? But yeah, I think I lost. I think this is... because yeah, Villa got absolutely fucking smashed off, off of Newcastle, <laughs> and I think that.
0: And then Bruno yeah. done football, yeah. But um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep giving you uh lively updates on our um. I oh, know a dream team, and if anybody wants to, I say a dream team. It's not really a dream team, is it? No, it's, uh, I'd say it's, it's all like its different a thing. fantasy football manager league. Yeah, that's, fantasy that's manager
1: league. Fantasy manager league. But then my team, if anyone wants to know, is called recti Arcos.
0: <laughs> Should we go through some of the names?
1: Yeah, so you read we've the names got, out. We got sick note. Um, yeah. Alex Scott, Sweetmuff... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dick, Dick United, Rugburn Rovers, Judgy 180. I think Ray needs to change the name of his team, but yeah. Prolapse mm. United. That's that's the good one. That's my favourite. Yeah. Uh, Interminan, Erecti in. Team Chizer, and Fishers Fiddlers. So
0: if anyone's out there and interested and got some good names, prepare for, for them all as well. There's, there's been a lot of. <laughs> whenever whenever you're ready if you think you're ready to step into the realm of uh, the fantasy football manager let Matt so know
1: yeah usually
0: around we start thinking about the
1: next season by the end of this season so you wouldn't be able to join now for instance because the draft's been done we've done all that like because we have to prep for it and everything we do have a cup as well that will take place there'll be a draw we may do a live draw, why don't we go on live or something and we'll do a live draw of our cup competition. (laughs) The the Kong Strong Cup. Because Kong Strong (laughs) is that cheap uh, (laughs) rip-off energy drink (laughs) from Aldi. The Strong Cup is called the Kong Strong Cup. But yeah, it's like, so we do that and then essentially we pick attributes. The, The way the cup works is like you get drawn against another team we randomly pick an, uh, a statistic for that week, for that game. So, for instance, we might say tackles, and then whoever gets the most tackles out of those two teams week wins that game and goes through. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll be doing cup competition as well. I think that's Win- all I can hold for this season. Do manual, well in the cup. I've never won anything, mate, so don't worry. I think I finished like <laughs> second or third last year. I was quite close, but... I had a really poor start to the season. I think I have a really poor start every time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a slow it burner. Is, it's a slow burner. It's burn. really good fun. But yeah, if you want to get involved, just hit us. Hit me up,
0: or hit our email up, which is what is our email, Gary? Uh, fbhpodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. So
1: if you hit us up on there, or our Twitter, Instagram, or whatever like this, and you want to get involved for next season, we'll be looking to maybe add two people next season around to sort of like March, April, May. If you want to sort of get involved towards the end of the season, you need to sort of remind us. But we will be keeping you updated every week, I imagine. We'll do a little segment (laughs) on how we're getting on and things like this. If we're both still like bottom of the league or something like that, that'd be great. (laughs) But if we get enough interest, we might make that second division and then then me and Gary will have the perilous thought of possibly being relegated <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first two people to get relegated from the from the league that's, yeah, that's exactly. a title that you don't want but here we are mate we're, we're at the top of the hour again yeah and uh we've managed to talk a lot of nonsense for an hour to keep people entertained through the day so indeed yeah let's call it let's call it a day mate while we're ahead and uh, again thanks indeed. everybody for listening and look forward to you uh tuning in next week
1: yep yeah. take care guys and I'll find our intro from somewhere because I'm useless comes yeah. to
0: this is, this is what I like the most how long it takes you to do it because last week was a shambles well last episode was a shambles as well wasn't it <laughs> come on Matt you can do it Matt okay. yay <laughs> bye guys bye guys <laughs>